Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. Hi, I'm Jeff from Mother's Brewing Company in Springfield, Missouri, and this is my mother. Now, Jeffrey, you know how much it meant to me that you named your brewery after me, don't you? I do, Mom. I mean, it wasn't entirely. And you know I love you more than anything in the world, right? Yes, I do. But, you know, I don't actually like beer in any way at all. I am aware of the irony of that, yes. Oh, that's such a relief, because I do like being on the radio. (laughs) See? That's something. You and me together talking about, oh, you know, whatever. (laughs) Well, theoretically, we should be talking about the beer. Well, you will have to help me with the beer part. I really have no idea why people drink that stuff. Got you covered, Mom. Just do your thing. Oh, you're such a good boy. Make it a mother's weekend with our easy drinking lake break. Perfect for the lake or just for a break. Hey, Mama. Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, Dave Young alongside Stephen Semple. And Stephen, you told me we're going to talk about Dave Thomas and Wendy's. And man, that takes me back. I remember when it was like all of a sudden there was this third thing, right? There was McDonald's and then there was Burger King. And then all of a sudden, what the heck? It's a square hamburger. It's a square hamburger. <laughs> it's a square hamburger. Who thought of that? Brilliant. Dave Thomas. <laughs> That's who. <laughs> so what are, where, where are we going with this? Well, before we go into Wendy's, we really need to talk a little bit about Dave Thomas. Because okay. Dave Thomas actually had a big impact on another restaurant chain before he started Wendy's. And that was KFC. Oh, okay. Dave Thomas started at KFC and actually owned four franchises at KFC, and they were KFC's most successful franchises. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and, and look, the man's brilliant. So here's the things that he brought to KFC. He created the whole idea of the standardized menu at KFC. Remember, KFC in the early days was an item that was added to the menu. He was really the first to go, no, there should be this standardized thing where all you serve is Kentucky Fried Chicken. Because for many of the franchisees, it was a product add-on. He was the first to make it a store, make it a thing. Kentucky Fried Chicken was a store. He created the red and white look that we have today. You know, the striped banner sort of look on the roof? That was Dave Thomas created that. You know the bucket, which had the chicken and all the, and it was a whole meal? Yeah. Uh-huh. Dave Thomas invented that. Okay. This complete idea of a complete meal that you could take home, which went on to become a bestseller. Dave Thomas created the bucket and that whole concept. The bucket being put on the pylon outside the restaurant, that iconic thing, Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas came up with that idea. So Colonel Sanders was just basically the chicken and the little uh, outfit and the tie? Yeah, and even that, him becoming the spokesperson for it, Dave Thomas's idea. Really? Yep. All the stuff that makes KFC, KFC, Dave Thomas. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. He was so successful at 
KFC, when KFC was bought, because if you remember, the Colonel sold KFC. When KFC was bought, they immediately, the new owners immediately promoted Thomas into head office to help them standardize the brand. And then, you know, it's a long story. They then really pissed him off and he quit. <laughs> so Dave Thomas quits and now he's unemployed, 37 years old with five kids. Mm. And he decides to open our burger joint in this, as you said, saturated market. Because not only was there Burger King and McDonald's, every Tom, Dick, Harry, and celebrity had a burger joint. Oh, yeah. There's Tasty Freeze and Tasty King and Dairy Queen, and there, there were loads of them. Yeah. So how do yeah. you stand out? Well, one of the first things he looked at was everyone was doing you know, frozen patties. So he said he would do fresh. That's where he was going to start. Fresh, never frozen as a differentiator. And he puts his life savings into the restaurant. But also, because he's doing fresh, he's got some flexibility. He decides to do the square burger. Yeah, because you can make it any shape you want. Yeah. Square burger gave him three things. A unique look. Efficiency. Mm -hmm. You could put more burgers on the grill. Okay. And the burger looks so big, sticks out of the bun. Yeah. Where's the beef? Those corners, there they are. Yeah, yeah. But he had a challenge with this because fresh beef's really expensive. It's a higher price. So he brands Wendy's as authentic burgers because he's literally three times the price of his rivals. This burger's expensive. So on November 15th, 1969, he opens the first Wendy's old-fashioned burgers. So it okay. is Wendy's old-fashioned burgers. And he starts with a really simple menu because this is what he did at KFC. Mm -hmm. Single, double, fries, drinks, and Frosties. And Frosties was also kind of a unique thing. It was a blend of chocolate yeah. and vanilla ice cream. But again, a pretty innovative idea. And he's off to a good start. He's busy, but he's got a problem. And the problem is spoilage because of the fresh beef, right? And he's okay. losing money. So the fresh beef is a challenge. And he could abandon that. And he could have gone to frozen. But instead, he thinks, you know, I've got to figure out an idea for this. And that's when he adds chili to the menu. Because you mm. can take that fresh beef... Bacon oh, and the chili and chili lass. Chili I didn't. Lass. I never put two and two together that the chili was a result of the, you use the ground beef or you lose it. Yeah. So it creates for him yet another unique item. So he's got the square burgers, he's got the frosty, and he's got chili. So for in that day, chili was a really, really unique item. But here is where I really start loving Dave Thomas and his understanding of consumer psychology and we can all learn from. So his other challenge is the double burgers not selling well. So at the time, the market is used to small burgers. Wendy's single burger is a quarter pound. So it's the size of the biggest burger out there, the quarter pounder. Yeah, yeah. So the double is huge, right? So what do you do to solve this? How do you sell more of the double burgers? I think I know. What do you think you do, Dave? You sell the triple. You come out with a triple. And people go, oh, I don't think I can eat a triple, but I'll have one of those doubles. Right. Bingo. Yeah. Gold star to Dave. This shows how brilliant a marketer you are. You went right to the solution. This is how you solve it. Not selling the doubles, add one that's even larger. And think about it. And adding the triple costs nothing. It was the same bun. It was the same fixins. It was just another patty. So if it didn't sell, didn't matter. Well, especially if you're not making it before it sells anyway, it's just another line on the menu. Correct. 
Correct. So he adds a larger one. He adds the triple patty. And guess what ends up becoming the best-selling burger the moment he adds the triple patty? The double. The double. Yeah, in I six remember, weeks. <laughs> I remember as a, probably a teenager getting a triple. And it's like, <laughs> man, this is just too much. This is too much for me. So I was, yeah. always went back to doubles from then on. But I ordered one, right? It's like, that's just, I right. can't unhinge my jaw like that. <laughs> Right, so within six weeks of him putting triple on the menu, double becomes a best-selling burger. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So within the first year, he opens a second store. and But what he discovers is he's getting, like, it's working really well, and he's getting these long lines at the store. And Thomas wants to increase capacity. And he, he looks out the window, and he says, I should offer drive through Now, he wasn't the first to do drive through First was in 1921, mm-hmm. a pig stand, on a busy highway in Texas was the first a to pig do stand. like barbecue pig, right? Okay. Yeah. But none of the leaders are doing this. McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, none of the leaders have drive-through. So he's oh, really wow. okay. while he's not the first to drive through, he's pretty close to the first. And it's five years after he introduces drive-through that the others do. But sees this as a way of adding new customers, but it becomes a logistical nightmare. Because you pull up to the window, you order, pay, and wait for the food all at one window. And it's a huge mess, long lineups, service is slow. There's no way to make the line faster because the pinch point is making food. So what does he do to make it successful? Did he invent the speaker where you order? Really close. He invented the whole idea of the three stops. Pull up and you order, pull up and you pay, pull up and pick up your food. But here's where he understood the psychology. People think that that's faster. It's not. No. It's no faster. Same amount of time. But the line's moving. Yeah. When you see the long line and it's moving, you're cool with it. The line is moving. That's just great marketing psychology because nobody wants to sit still. Even if you had to drive 20 minutes out of your way to get home, you'd rather drive 20 minutes out of your way than sit for 15 minutes on a gridlock freeway. Totally true. But this is where Dave Thomas was so brilliant, understanding the psychology of all of this, right? The triple burger, the three-stop drive-through, which is, you know, which is the standard today, right? And there's one more interesting thing that he did. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Two words, lead flow. If you want to grow your business, lead flow is, well, not everything, but it sure can feel that way. You feel the need, the need for leads. And then there's the gnawing questions that plague you whenever you try to boost lead flow. Are you targeting the right customer? Are you saying the right things? Are you advertising in the right places? Are you spending too much or too little? And the ever-present, how can I best use social media? What if you could get those questions answered definitively in 90 minutes? You'd no longer feel the need for leads because now you'd know how to get them. That's what Empire Builders is offering you right now for free and with a guarantee to boot. Go to empirebuildersprogram.com, book a 90-minute Zoom meeting with the Empire Building expert, and boom, questions answered, problems solved. We'll give you the real answers, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yes, our famous no pitching and no bitching guarantee. First, we won't pitch you at all, seriously. 
If you want to work with us beyond our meeting, you'll have to explicitly ask about moving forward. And the bitchin' part? If you're not satisfied with the answers, say the word. And I'll pay you cold hard cash for your wasted time. No hard feelings. Now that's a guarantee. Look, empire builders take action. If lead flow is an issue for you, take action on it. Book your Zoom meeting at empirebuildersprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. There's one more interesting thing that he did, but before we get to that, at this time, Jack Massey, who he knew through KFC and was the finance guy at KFC, they piss him off as well, and he quits KFC. Okay. And he comes to join Dave Thomas, and they look to expand. And here's what they noticed. At this point, again, saturated market, right? The fast food joints are all in suburban locations. At this point in the United States in the 70s, right? Downtown cores are in decline, Yeah. right? Crime infested, poor, abandoned, right? And he has the most expensive burger. So when you have the most expensive product, what's the temptation everybody does? Oh, I have to be in the affluent community because I have a premium priced burger. He looks yeah. at the downtown and he says, there's no competition downtown. So where does he go? Downtown. downtown. Has the most expensive burger joint and he goes downtown where it's run down and poor. No competition. No competition and you're actually providing some halfway decent jobs to some people as well in a place where there, there aren't very many opportunities. And it turns out these become his most lucrative stores. So by 1976, he's got 600 locations. By 1978, 1,000 locations in wow. two years, almost doubles. And Dave Thomas becomes the pitch man. And you know, he did over 800 commercials as the pitch man for Wendy's. So more I read about Dave Thomas, it was one of those ones, if the man was still alive and if I could sit down and have dinner or lunch with him, I totally would because Oh, Boy, yeah. did this guy understand consumer psychology like it was nobody's business. His daughter was Wendy, right? His daughter was Wendy, yes. Yeah. Yeah, his daughter was Wendy. I've actually seen some Wendy's that, are, that seem a little worn out and down on their luck lately. Like there's a couple near me in Austin that it's like I've, I've actually gone to them in the last year. And it's like, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't terrific. But you talk about innovative ways of building an empire. Man, did he do it. And when he was alive and involved, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been gone for what, 20 years, but... Yeah. And there's a bunch of lessons here, you know, and one of the lessons is, and I share this with all sorts of customers, this whole idea of three choices. Give mm -hmm. people three choices. And that third choice is not about selling that third choice. That third choice is about selling the middle choice. Mm -hmm. And it works over and over and over again. We've even done it with a renovator where what he does is he has these packages for renovating bathrooms. And what do we do? We took a third one and made it god awful, super unbelievably fancy. Yeah. And it's made more people upgrade stuff. And what actually often happens with that one, they go, well, I don't want all of that, but how about this and this, right? Yeah. They upgrade themselves because you're not pushing on, oh, here's all the upgrades. It's like, here's three options. You can do this at this price, this at this price, or this at this price, what would you like to do? I think the three station 
drive up is also so brilliant just because if I at least tell you what my order is, I've got, I feel like I've got some momentum. Yeah. Right? I haven't even paid yet, but it's like, well, they got my order. They got to be cooking it, right? They got to be cooking it. And they are. I think about the Star Wars episode that we did where they sold the stupid certificate for toys. <laughs> right. Right. You didn't even get the toys at Christmas time. You just got the stand and a certificate that said the uh, action figures are coming. Yeah, they well, sold at least you're box. in the game, right? right? You're you're in the game. You feel yeah. like, well, I've got momentum. They better deliver on these. But guess how many they would have sold if they didn't have any at Christmas time? Zero. Zero goose egg. And yeah. you think about how many people just back out of a busy drive-through and turn away because they haven't even ordered. Absolutely right. So Dave Thomas, if you think about it, he saw two problems. One is. I'm not selling enough of the double burgers. And he came up with a solution that cost nothing and changed nothing. Yeah. It was just an addition of a patty that they were already making. Mm -hmm. How many businesses will go, oh, I got to do this or that? Or drive through. Oh, my God, we got to change our cooking techniques. He was like, changed nothing. He just basically said, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a radio out there and I'm going to put a second stop where they pay. That cost Nothing to do. Super simple solutions to complex problems that yeah. worked because he understood how we think. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. But here's the other thing, and I see this over and over again, as I know you do, is just because, and I see this so many times, oh, our whatever is premium priced. So therefore, our market is the affluent. Yeah. Now, that's like Dyson. We heard the same thing from Dyson, right? Dyson yeah. started, their product was two to three times the price, just like Wendy's, and they started selling it through mail order catalogs. Yeah. You can't make assumptions about things like that. And even if your burger is the most expensive burger out there, it's still a burger. It's still a right? burger. It's not a filet mignon. It's yeah, not right. a sit-down restaurant. In fact, as I think about it over the past, you know, my lifetime, our decisions as a family that we made about fast food never really involved price, right? It was like, you feeling Correct. McDonald's or Taco Bell or Wendy's or what? What are we thinking? What are you feeling like? Yeah. And yeah, was there some difference in what we would spend one versus another? Sure, but that wasn't part of the decision-making process. Really, really wasn't, yeah. In many cases, like you said, with the inner cities, the decision-making process is, do you want to eat Wendy's or do you want to drive 15 minutes to get something else? I'm doing work in the craft brewery industry, and it's funny sitting talking to these craft brewers because they all start off with, oh, well, our market is the affluent. and the." It's like, your product costs 50 cents more a can. Shut up. But, you know, the interesting thing is the marketing companies that worked with them before us who were unable to grow their brand, actually presented that to them, saying, because you're premium priced, here's your market, the affluent. It's like, no, your market's people who like beer. Yeah, even if it's more expensive, as long as it's not, like, hit me with a wet towel in the face expensive. Right. Right. I don't care, because what I want is a beer. It's not a $1,000 bottle of beer. Yeah. Exactly. Right? It's not like the way some whiskeys are. And here's the thing that's also weird about that. A departure I wasn't planning on talking about, but I think is important given when this is publishing, is the businesses that are recession-proof 
are actually the businesses that are slight premiums. Mm. The special beer, there was a lady called Faith Popcorn, yeah. who back in the 70s wrote a book, The Popcorn Report. Mm-hmm. And I met Faith Popcorn, really amazing lady. And she came up with this idea of small indulgences. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, yes, you're not going to go to the fancy steakhouse and drop a hundred bucks a plate on steak. But what you might do is pick up Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Yeah. Or what you might do is pick up that really fancy craft beer or that nice bottle of wine, not the thousand dollar bottle of wine, but that nice bottle of wine that suddenly makes, you know, cutting back in the other areas feel okay. People will do these things that they call small indulgences. And so if you're a retailer, if you can create these small indulgences, those are the things that will actually take you through recessionary times. Yeah. But for it to be an indulgence, it has to be premium in value, low price point. Yeah. So it's not about being cheap. And the message is about you deserve this, right? You times are tough. This. You deserve this. Correct. Yeah. yeah, without saying the words times is tough and without saying you deserve this, but just making a person feel it. Yeah, this is a treat. Very cool. Treat yourself. Well, I learned yeah. some cool things about Dave Thomas today that I did not know. Remarkable, right? Like, isn't yeah. he just like, I would love to have met this man. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing his story today. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at theempirebuilderspodcast.com.